Praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the Bible. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis Revelation. By the grace of God, we have been able to do 23 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen to the podcasts that we've done straight from the book of Genesis you can find them on all podcast platforms, and uh, that's Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, name it. You'll find all the podcasts there. And uh, even on our app, that's Bible In-Depth Network, you can still be able to find them there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you as you listen, because there is no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he will speak to you. There is no limitation. And his word is new every morning. That's why today you read something and it will speak a message and you will come back a month later until you get a message that is fresh from the Lord. We are now handling the book of Jeremiah and we've done 28 chapters. Today I want us to continue with chapter 29. And it starts by saying, now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Remember, in the reign of Jeconiah, uh, some still call him Jehoiakim, his names are interchanged a number of times, Israel is taken into captivity. And uh, they are taken to Babylon. Of course, all the officials and the people, a huge number of people are taken. And uh, it's believed at this point that Jeremiah is sending them a letter as it's written in Scripture. And he is in Jerusalem at this time. So this this implies there are some who are left in Jerusalem and a, a big number that is also taken. So this was after... King Jeconiah and the Queen Mother, the court officials, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. Of course, this first taking is for the high-skilled. It is for those that are of value, those who are high officials, those that make up the nation, the cream. Those, they take first. Because when they take them away, they leave you with the those that you would normally call the ones that don't bring much value. yeah, And that starts to bring down a kingdom or uh, a province, whatever it might be. Verse 3, the letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, now, remember when Jeconiah goes, Nebuchadnezzar puts like a puppet king in charge of Judah, and that's Zedekiah, who is placed there. He's under their control. They control him. He reports to them. He collects tribute on their behalf. So Zedekiah, he is sending a message and says, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles, whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And he tells them, build houses and live in them. 
and plant gardens and eat their produce. He's telling them, while you're there in captivity, don't make it a point to just be there crying, wailing about what you've lost. Build houses and live in them. It's practically saying, create a life while you're there. Make yourself useful while you're there. Start a new life while you're in captivity. And it's God telling them, practically. And when when you, you read, as we read earlier in the earlier books, Nehemiah, when they are returning, Israel returning from captivity, Judah returning from captivity, it's practically a point of some don't want to return because they've created livelihoods. And this comes from this message that they're given here. Build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat and produce. That is a message going to the people of Judah who have been taken by Babylon. Now, it's key for us to tell the difference between these two, Israel and Judah. Remember, from the reign of Solomon, it was one kingdom. Yeah, Though still you had uh, Judah occupy the southern part and the rest of the tribes took the northern part. Now, when Solomon sins against God, gets wise, starts to worship their gods, God said, I'm going to divide your kingdom. It will no longer be run by one king from the line of David, but rather I'm going to split it so you'll have the northern tribes, which were the ten tribes of Israel, and then you'll also have the other section, which is the southern tribe, which is Judah. And of course, it took in the section of some or many of the Benja- the tribe of Benjamin. So you had the southern tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Then you also had the ten tribes yeah, who were occupying the northern part. And uh, the northern kingdom, which has the ten kingdoms, then was given to Jeroboam. And given to Jeroboam, he starts to set up high places for them to worship. Yeah, because he set it up at Dan and he at Shiloh. He doesn't want people to go back to worship from Jerusalem because he wanted to keep his northern kingdom together. He didn't want any loose points that people leave his northern kingdom and go to the south to worship at the temple. So he sets up those high places and also adds on putting up gods and images of gods for them to worship, which angered God. And that is the key issue that brings down the fall of the northern kingdoms, which are also taken into captivity by Assyria then, because Assyria was a superpower then. And when they are taken into captivity, they are sent uh, to different parts of the world, and they also bring people and put them within their region. So it's practically they disappeared. Those ten tribes disappeared. They are what we call the lost tribes. Yeah, the lost tribes of Israel. Those ten tribes, they just got lost because they were assimilated into different populations. They were put into different people and they lost their identity, lost their culture. So, the northern tribes all disappeared, assimilated, no trace. What was left was Judah, which existed for at least 150 years after the captivity of the northern tribes. And those 150 years were a period for Judah to learn a lesson from what happened to the other northern tribes, which were not called Israel. Yeah, Learn from Israel as Judah. And Judah did not learn 
So on that case, they also were taken into captivity by the next superpower, which overthrew Assyria, and that was Babylon through Nebuchadnezzar. And now, they have also been taken into captivity. But for them, they are being told to make a life where they've gone. And they never lost their identity because when you read in Nehemiah, when they are brought back, when they come back to their land, they still have their identity. So, some of, the re- some of them remained in the Babylon provinces because they had built this life that they are talking about here. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do increase. Remember, the period they were going to be there was long, 70 years. So 70 years doing nothing will will just bring you trouble. Go and make a life out of it. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will have welfare. That's what they're telling them. Seek for the peace of that place. Pray for the place you're in. Pray for the peace of the place you're in because when that place has peace, when that place has good welfare, you will also have that because in its welfare, you will have welfare. It's practically saying, instead of going there and cursing where you are, wishing for the worst, wish good for where you are because it's the good of that place that you'll also get your good. That's where you'll get your increase. Sometimes, we are working in places that are terrible. Sometimes we are in positions that are terrible. But then there are the positions or places that you're getting your feed. You're in a nation and it is all filled with turmoil. And it's destructive. And probably you feel God should punish it. But when he punishes it, you're part of the punishment. Because that's where you dwell. So he's saying, pray on the Lord for the beha- on behalf of of Babylon, where you are, because if it if you pray for it, God will respond positively and you'll benefit from that positivity. For thus says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners, we looked at what diviners used to do, yeah, deceive you and do not listen to the dreams which they dream. He's telling them, while you're there in exile, remember the prophets went with them into exile, saying, don't listen to them. Don't listen to the diviners, for they prophesy falsely to you. In my name I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. He's given them a good message. You say it. It's 70 years. Go through it. When it's done, I'll bring you back to Jerusalem, your inheritance. At least they are lucky, as Judah. That God is even considering to bring them back. That's not the case with Israel, with the ten tribes that got lost the northern kingdom. Those disappeared completely. It's just Judah that remains here, and probably Benjamin. And he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. How many times do we quote this? Yeah? declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Yeah? 
He's giving them, the, we normally say the scripture, I know the plans I have for you. We sing songs in it, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. He's telling people who are in captivity. He's telling people who are oppressed. People who have lost everything. Who have lost their livelihoods. Who've been taken captive. Those are the ones he's saying, I know the plans I have for you. The captivity is part of the plans that he had for them. But also the future and hope, that future which is coming after 70 years, is part of the plans he has for them. Sometimes what you go through is tough. Circumstances of life are tough. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. You're going to go through this period, like he's telling them, 70 years. You're going to go through a season that is tough with your family, with your work, with your business. But listen to what God says. These plans are for peace and not for calamity. They are for your good and I will give you a future and a hope. That declares the Lord. Where have you lost hope? Where do you feel like your life is in turmoil? God says, I have plans for you. And he's the one who knows them. He says, I know the plans I have for you. He may disclose a little to them that they don't have calamity, but he's the one with a full plan, strategy. How will it work? You'll go to captivity. You'll spend 70 years. Actually, while you're there, even make a livelihood, build houses, get married, produce children. While you're there, that is part of the plan. And after, I'll bring you back to your land. It's important for me and you to know. Sometimes we are so much disturbed about what we are going through. But could it be part of the plan of God? Could it be something that you need to go through as God shapes you, prepares you like he did for these people 70 years? But he says, in the end, it is future, a good future and hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Is he listening this time? Here he has told them, then when you pray, I will listen. Yeah. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. There are conditions here of seeking and finding God. It's not searching God with a half-hearted response or attitude. It is with all your heart. He says here, you do it with all your heart, then you'll find me. What is your style of searching for God? Do you just do it easy? You know, these days we have that easy, cheap salvation. Everything is easy. It's finished. Don't have to do anything. That's how you find God. For him here is telling them, do it with all your heart and you find me. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. Who has driven them there? He says, I, the Lord. Through Babylon, remember he called Nebuchadnezzar his servant because he was doing his will. He was doing the will at that point which was captivity of Judah. So he was considered the servant at that point. 
And wherever they've been scattered, God says, I'm the one who has scattered you there. And says, and I'll bring you back to the place from where I sent you to exile. Because you have said, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. For thus says the Lord concerning the king who sits on the throne of David and concerning all the people who dwell in this city, your brothers who did not go with you into exile. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Remember we talked about this, that they had to go into exile, but they decided to stay. So what does he say? Behold, I'm sending upon them the sword, famine, and pestilence. And I'll make them like split open figs that cannot be eaten due to rottenness. I'll pursue them with a sword, with famine, and with pestilence. And I will make them a terror to all the kingdoms of the earth, to be a curse and a horror and a hissing and a reproach among all the nations where I have driven them, because they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord, which I sent to them again and again by my servants, the prophets, but they did not listen, declares the Lord. Remember, he told them, guys, go. When Nebuchadnezzar comes, go. Those who decide to remain, trouble. So he says, he's speaking to those here. You therefore hear the word of the Lord. All you exiles, whom I have sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning Ahab, the son of Coliam, and concerning Zedekiah, the son of Maseah, who are prophesying to you falsely in my name. They were these priests and prophets who were out there with them in the wilderness, in the exile. That is Ahab and Zedekiah. And it says, Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will slay them before your eyes. Because of them, a curse will be used by all the exiles from Judah who are in Babylon, saying, May the Lord make you like Zedekiah and like Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire, because they have acted foolishly in Israel and have committed adultery with their neighbor's wives. And have spoken words in my name falsely, which I did not command them. And I am he who knows and am a witness, declares the Lord. Of course, destruction is coming to those false prophets, people who prophesy, speaking wrong. Yeah, they are not speaking for the Lord. To Shemaiah, the Nehelamite, you shall speak, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have sent letters in your own name to all the people who are in Jerusalem, and to Zephaniah, the son of Maseah, the priest, and to all priests saying, the Lord has made you priest instead of Jehoiada the priest, to be the overseer in the house of the Lord over every madman who prophesies. To him put the stocks and in the iron collar. Now then, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Ananoth who prophesies to you? For he has sent to us in Babylon saying the exile will be long. Build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat their produce. Zephaniah the priest read this letter to Jeremiah the prophet. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Send to all the exiles, saying, Thus says the Lord concerning Shemaiah, Because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, although I did not send him, and he has made you trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am about to punish Shemaiah and his descendants. He will not have anyone living among his people. And he will not see the good that I'm about to do to my people, declares the Lord, because he has preached rebellion against the Lord. Of course, what kept happening here, people who came to speak for God, yet he has not sent them, were going to suffer consequences because all those that were rising up, Jeremiah would come out and rebuke them, and also God would come out to take them out. 
they died. We looked at that last time with Hananiah. Now it also happens for Shemaiah and Ahab, as we've read, and Zedekiah. Chapter 30, we shall close with this today. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Write all the words which I have spoken to you in a book. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I restore the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. The Lord says, I'll also bring them back to the land that I gave to their forefathers, and they shall possess it. Now these are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus says the Lord, I have heard a sound of terror, of dread, and there is no peace. Ask now and see if a male can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hand on his loins as a woman in childbirth? And why have all the faces turned pale? Alas, for that day is great, there is none like it. And it is a time of Jacob's distress, but he will be saved from it. It shall come about on that day, declares the Lord of us, that I will break his yoke from the neck and will tear off their bones and strangers will no longer make them their slaves. God is bringing hope and is speaking hope to the people of Israel through Jeremiah. We looked at bones and yokes last times. Bones were typically representing a close relationship in Scripture. And it can carry positive, it can be either positive, by the way, or negative connotation. And when you search related words such as bondage, you'll find that, yeah? In the sense of chains, bonds hold a slave to a master, or even a prisoner to a jail. God exiled, when these people are exiled, and God has sent them into exile, he says they're held in bonds. And he says, I'll rescue these people. I'll rescue my people who are in bonds. In verse 8. Yeah? When you're speaking spiritually about bonds or a bond, it may describe a relationship between God and his people. Yeah? Because that's also a bond. And uh, when you read in, in the New Covenant, believers are freed from bondage to sin and they become Christ's bonds people. So, you'll find that this word will apply in different ways. But for this case, speaking in verse 8 of this 30th chapter, he is practically saying, I'll break the bond, the bondage, that, or that which has been placed upon you by Babylon. That's the promise God says. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I'll raise up for them. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord. And do not be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar and your offspring from the land of their captivity. God still promises that you've gone through a tough time, you've gone through captivity, but I will still come out for you. It doesn't matter how much trouble you go through. God still considers you and says, I'll give you another opportunity. I'll save you. And that's what he does. And Jacob will return and will be quiet and at ease. And no one will make him afraid. Why? For I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you. When God is with you, nothing can make you afraid. When God is with you, there is salvation on your side. When God is with you, you are safe. That's why I need God on my side all the time. A world without God is an empty world. A world without the Lord is an empty one. 
That's why all the world, everybody, you and me, needs to stick to God because with him we are safe. And that's what he tells the Israelites here, that he will save them. How? For I will destroy completely all the nations where I have scattered you. Only I will not destroy you completely, but I will chasten you justly and will by no means leave you unpunished. Of course, you know, that sin always has punishment that comes with it. And that he tells them, he makes it clear here. For thus says the Lord, your wound is incurable and your injury is serious. There is no one to plead your cause. No healing for your soul. No recovery for you. All your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, with the punishment of a cruel one. Because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous, why do you cry out over your injury? Your pain is incurable, he's telling them. Because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous, I have done these things to you. Whatever Judah, Israel is going through is because of sin. Whenever there is sin, there is judgment. Whenever there is sin, there is punishment. Yeah? Therefore, all who devour you will be devoured. And all your adversaries, every one of them will go into captivity. And those who plunder you will be for plunder. And all who pray upon you, I will give for pray. For I will restore you to health and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. Because they have called you an outcast, saying, it is Zion. No one cares for her. You know, with what Israel went through, it was hard to believe by the onlookers that these are the guys who had a big God, who parted the sea for them, who helped them fight wars in miraculous fashion. Yeah? And now they say no one cares for her, but then he says, don't worry, I'll restore everything. Because they're taking you for granted, just wait. My restoration shall come, and you shall see it, and they too shall witness it. And thus says the Lord, behold, I'll restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob, and have compassion on his dwelling places. And the city will be rebuilt on its ruin, and the palace will stand in its rightful place. From them will proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of those who celebrate. And I will multiply them, and they will not be diminished. I will also honor them, and they will not be insignificant. Their children also will be as formerly, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all their oppressors. Their leader shall be one of them, and their ruler shall come forth from their midst, and I will bring him near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare to risk his life to approach me, declares the Lord. Of course, remember, it was hard to approach the Lord straight from the time of Moses. says, you will not see all my glory. I will just let some little of it pass by you and you see. There was always that fear to approach yeah, the Lord or to go before his presence. And uh, here he still makes mention of it and says, who does not fear to approach me? Yeah, But says, you shall be my people and I'll be your God. Behold, the tempest of the Lord, wrath has gone forth, a sweeping tempest. It will burst on the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will turn back until he has performed and until he has accomplished the intent of his heart. In the later days, you will understand. 
this. Of course, because of sin, they have gone through judgment. They have to go through punishment. But God is making a promise of them. And he's saying to them, good shall come. Good shall come. You've gone through trouble. You've gone through turmoil. But good shall come. I'll remember you. I'll restore you. I'll bring you back to the good times. Because that's what God does. He brings us back to the good times. Even when we've wronged, even when we've done all the funny things. If you get back, repent, get back in the confines of God. And I'm speaking to somebody today, if you feel that you had fallen, there's an opportunity for you to return. God is gracious. Even the people of Judah, they sinned. They worshipped other gods. They did all the funny things. They did wickedness. But God still says, you're my children. Irrespective of what you've gone through, I'll bring you back and I'll make you a strong, powerful nation which represents me on the earth. God will still consider you if you turn from your life, the world, the things that don't matter, the things that don't honor the Lord, and you get back to God. He will receive you. He's just to forgive. He takes you on. He loves you. Confess your sins. Repent of your ways and return to the confines of God. Return to that first love because God is waiting on you. His grace is abundant and he says he loves you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Just return to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your revelation. We thank you, Lord, that you care for us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for sending your one and only son to die for us on the cross at Calvary. And because of that, we have life. We are safe. We partake of that salvation. And for somebody out there who needs to return to you, Lord, Lord, receive them. Because your arms are wide open, ready to receive a sinner, even the one that has fallen. And you take them back and give them a new life. May that be for somebody today. We exalt you. Give you glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.